This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everyone. If you like this podcast, go behind the paywall to get privileged access to the smartest minds in finance. Join the Real Vision community and learn how to become a better investor. Visit realvision.com slash rvpod and use the promo code podcast10, that's podcast10, to get 10% off our essential membership for the first year. Now, to the top analysis of today's crypto markets. Crypto donations pour in for earthquake victims in Turkey and Syria. Two NFTs sell for a million each as the market rebounds and a famous Doge couch goes on auction. Welcome back to the Real Vision Crypto Daily Briefing. I'm Nico Bruga and I'm joined by my, well, let's say the uh, Batman to my Robin, Elaine Lee. How are you doing, Elaine? Yeah, NFTs are dead, sold at a million. What the hell is going on? I'm very excited to be on this show today with you, Nico. Oh, absolutely. And we also have Evan McMullen from Disco. Hi, Evan. GMGM, GM, thank you so much for having me today. Oh, thank you, GMGM, GM, right back. We'll talk a little later with you about Web3 identity, privacy, and self-sovereignty in a fun way. But first, let's take a little look at our latest price analysis. Stability is the name of the game this week for Bitcoin. Once again, we're seeing very little change in the price. Bitcoin is trading around 23,000, pretty much exactly where it was a week ago. Elaine, how's Ether doing? Um, well, Ether is actually once again doing better this week than Bitcoin for our ETH Maxi friends. That's been the trend in February, though, after a significant underperformance by ETH compared to BTC in January. ETH is actually up today about 1.5%, but over 5% over the past week since the FOMC announcement. So, Nico, what I want to know is definitely what is the best performance, uh, best performer, I should say, of the day? Well, we got a, uh, a you know, a very interesting uh, challenger or uh, leader in the space, and that's Sand, the native token of the metaverse game, the Sandbox. It is up a whopping 17% on a 24-hour basis. This comes after an announcement Tuesday of a partnership between Sandbox and the government of Saudi Arabia. Details are scarce, but the two will work together on the advancement of the metaverse. It also comes ahead of 12% of Sand supply getting unlocked next week. Okay, now let's look at some news. Let's start with a heartwarming story of the crypto community rallying to help victims of an unimaginable disaster. Elaine, I'm hearing millions of dollars worth of crypto has been donated to the relief efforts following the devastating earthquake in Turkey and Syria. Yeah, so you're looking at right there from our friends reporting over on Decrypt today. As of Monday, several crypto companies have pledged $9 million worth of crypto, and that includes $5 million 
from Binance, let's break it all down, and a million each from Avalanche and Tron Avalanche, meaning AVAX. And then we have Tether, Bitfinex, OKX, and Qcoin are among other contributors. And you can tell those are the centralized exchanges. Nico, I have to say though, this is the time that I love crypto the most the speed of the community working to get together to really enhance the efforts what's going on with the awful earthquake that happened in um uh turkey the transactions is working through the blockchain and it's stuff that is working using the technology that is available for around us right they are using the loudest megaphone on earth to pull us some of it in some of the biggest crypto players together and even for nfts that are trending this week checks for example who have been absolutely killing it with their floor price i think it's over two ETH now the founder um behind that or the nft uh project leader jack butcher who's behind the project look at this special edition that he's put out he's using the traffic the momentum that he's gaining around his nft project it's called humanity check you have the opportunity to mint this right now and it's going at a price where it's so it's probably cheaper than gas fees than some of the transactions that you've made before. It brings attention to anyone who owns crypto and that wants to contribute. And for the ground crisis relief in Turkey and Syria, for anyone who wants to participate, all funds will go to Doctors Without Borders via the Giving Block. People that we've had for our digital conferences and events, we've been listening to the Giving Block and what they've been doing. And also to add, Nico, that late last year, the Turkey Central Bank has already been trying out their first test runs of their CBDC test. So that is something really interesting to see. And, um, you know, for all the of you watching, I think that link is still available for you to still mint or contribute to whether I think the Turkey Dow um, is what available out there for people who want to contribute towards the crisis in Syria. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Elaine. Definitely a heartwarming story amidst such tragedy and just another example of uh, the great work the crypto community seems to do in times like this. We all remember all of the uh, fundraising around uh, relief efforts for Ukraine around this time last year, and it's great to see that's still so much a part of the ethos of this community. Um, on to um, our now main segment, but first, viewers, join us in the conversation. Put down your questions in the chat, wherever you're watching. We'll ask the best ones on air later in the show. Remember, Real Vision members take priority, but the good news is membership is free. With that said, let's bring in our guest. Evan McMullen is the co-founder and CEO of Disco XYZ. Welcome to the show, Evan. I'm so glad to be here. Let's get this party started. Well, I'm going to let you and Elaine take it away. I'll be back later with some other news stories, but very excited to sit in and listen in on this fascinating conversation. Um, Evan, welcome to the Crypto Real Vision Daily Briefing. You know, another beautiful day in the metaverse. I'm thrilled to be here. It is indeed. So for you, Evan, I've worn my finest disco top, so I hope I'm going to make you proud throughout this conversation. I think we should start by telling our viewers a little bit about who you are and what you do. So um, first of all, absolutely love the top. We dress for the metaverse that we deserve. And at Disco, <laughs> we believe the metaverse is your ability to show up in any digital or physical environment and receive a personalized experience based on the parts of yourself that you choose to share. So that is why we're called Disco, because we believe that you are the multifaceted center of the party, just as you are. And you should reflect your data and your identity to the world however you decide. 
That is real main character energy you got going on right there. So I want to dig in a little bit uh, deeper into disco, Evan, because I know it is your pride and joy. You are the CEO. And I know I've been on the website. You call your team the Disco Noughts. Love that. What made you come up with building such a platform? You know, the aha moment of proof of good credentials is something that we should start building out with our footprints, with all these digital wallets that we're signing in. You know, what, what, what made you come up with the idea, basically? So I love Web3 and the capabilities that our crypto wallets deliver, but they're pretty limited. So right now, if the only thing I know about you is your wallet address, the only thing I know is how much money you have. And the only kinds of coordination games we can play together are group chat with bank account and OpenSea collection management. So well, you know what, what we're able to do with one another using our keys is an incredible act of human coordination. But if we don't know who's sitting behind the keys, we can't bank the unbanked. We can't throw a party. We can't write a newsletter. We can't coordinate any game other than pooling capital and spending it. And so if we want to have more interesting trust mineralized interactions, if we truly want a DAO to be more than a group chat with a bank account, if we want our ability to carry our data with us from one space to another so that we never have to fill out a form again and we can enjoy basically autofill for everything, then we are going to need some more data about our wallets. So at Disco, we like to say that wallets are for public financial data and backpacks are for everything else that you need for your adventures. Just like in the real world, your wallet carries your credit cards and your money and your backpack might carry all sorts of other things. So at Disco, we allow you to extend the capabilities of your existing Web3 wallet so that you can own, control, and carry data written about you from okay. uh, you know, accomplishments like um, diplomas and proofs of completion of courses to employment and membership credentials, even your favorite presets like light or dark mode, primary language and preferred pronouns. So that environments, whether digital or physical, can, can mold to your preferences and give you that personalized experience without you having to explicitly ask or fill out forms when you start your journey. Ah, oh, Evan, that is... These ideas are big and in my head, I probably can't see exactly the, the clear road. So let me see if I've got this straight. I love how you're putting the human touch in this. And that's very important because I don't just want to be a wallet address and I want my Web3 footprint to sort of follow me. But I also I'm hearing a little bit like taking a lot of my data and put it into the Disco data pack. So can you break that down a little bit? I guess a little bring it down for me just a little bit. Absolutely. So at Disco, we think it's important that you own and control the data that describes you and that you should be able to carry it wherever you would like. So this means that when you put data into your data backpack, when you accept credentials that kind of look like little Apple wallet credentials that say things about you with your keys, you own that data. Disco does not. Disco just provides a friendly interface with some buttons that makes it easier for you to interact with your data. But at the end of the day, when you receive things into your data backpack, that data is encrypted so that only you can open it and only you can decide where it gets shared. So at Disco, we have introduced the idea of consent into the metaverse. Love that, love that, love that. Hey everyone, we're going to take a quick pause and hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, Evan, I did do a little bit of homework with this information. Mm-hmm. And basically, I went onto YouTube and I found a video of you doing, um, you know, a killer talk for, I think it was um, ECC maybe last year in Paris for a venture capital talk. Anyway, so I picked up a quote that I really loved hearing you say. And you said, we are still leaning so heavily into Web2 for every decentralized organization that we spin up with, Google Docs, Twitter, Discord, we are feeding the surveillance capitalist beast. You know, I want to start by asking you what exactly did you mean by that? Because it's talking to me very much. And I think very much a lot of projects as well that's making that transition from web two to web three as people try to dip their toes between the two worlds. And I feel like, I think I just want to say, I feel like I wanted to avoid all the dodgy adverts with my internet life. So. I think like Web3 can be the solution to this. Break it all down for me if you can. I completely agree. That's a wonderful observation. And that was absolutely a very spicy and accurate quote because right now (laughs) when we visit apps of all kinds, whether it's the one we're using to record this very conversation, Instagram, Twitter, Discord, or Google, when we hang out inside of those apps to do different activities for our businesses or ourselves, we create a lot of data. And that data gets vacuumed up by the app inside of which it was made. So when you create data inside of an app, you leave it there. You can't take it with you. And it becomes really difficult for you to reuse it. And so our objective with Disco is to enable organizations and individuals to own and control themselves so that when they create valuable information about their community, whether it's who showed up at a meeting, who came to a Twitter space, or who organized the pizza party, all of those pieces of reputation should be portable so that you can prove your membership and contributions in your community anywhere you go, whether that's a resume, a hackathon you're applying for, or a new job where you're trying to demonstrate your accountability to the communities you're already part of. Um, And so what I mean by uh, feeding the surveillance capitalist beast is that often in Web3, when we start a new organization or product, we reach for centralized Web2 apps to help us do so. And in that process, we leave all the great data we're creating trapped inside of those apps. That data then becomes easy for these apps to sell, to put ads against, to generate revenue on in a way that we do not explicitly consent to and we may not even know about. Um, So, you know, the business model of Instagram these days seems to be messing with how close you think you are to your friends to get you to buy more stuff. So if we are able to own and control our data, to decide where it shows up and to use it for our own benefit, Not only can we save, you know, hundreds of hours, years of filling out forms. In fact, Americans spend about 11 and a half billion hours a year filling out forms. But also we can have this data in a form where we can get the most value out of it without handing it over to the existing infrastructure that we know is prone to misuse it. And and that's it in Web3, isn't it? I think what you're whispering to my ear, Evan, is that you're saying if you're going to go in Web3, go full force and do it natively, organically, because it's going to be this moment for any new business. Basically, this it's chucking out all the pens so you don't have to touch a form 
ever again. Um, okay, and then also I want to actually pick on another quote that I picked up and I love the idea uh, just listening to you speak about it is I picked up, you said digital immigrants of Web3. What did you mean by that? So because the Web3 ecosystem of our public ledgers and private keys is less than a couple decades old, it is pretty new, meaning that no one, none of us who are working in this industry today were born into Web3. We grew up using Web1, Web2 technologies, and now we must immigrate into a new environment with new tools, new trust cues, new ways of interacting. Because we are immigrating from Web2 into Web3 altogether, we need to use the visual trust cues, the types of buttons and interactions and clicks that we're used to so that we can more easily learn how to move through these new kinds of applications. So Evan, I know um, Disco is sort of in beta mode at the moment. It's still very early days. Tell me sort of like a little sneak peek open to the door. What sort of stage is Disco at at the moment? So Disco is emerging from our private beta stage. So we are very excited this quarter to welcome all Disco Knots to the party. If you're interested in trying out the beta right now, you can visit us at Disco.xyz on Twitter and sign up. Um, but right now, our most popular credential is the membership credential. So we are welcoming Web3 native organizations of all shapes and sizes all over the globe to use credentials that are off-chain, non-transferable, private by default, revocable or can be set to expire to access things like chat channels, merchandise, events, GitHub repositories, collaboration tools, and more. So that everywhere you can use a token for access control, whether smart contracts or Google Docs, you can use your off-chain credentials. So, Evan, I know you are so well-versed in the Web3 space. You talk to, you know, all the projects, I'm sure, every day. You have back-to-back -back meetings with people who so want to, you know, make this space work. I want to sort of um, ask you, give me the big picture of where Web3 is right at this moment, first quarter of 2023. So we are in the greatest build and buy market of my career. I think that this exciting moment where institutional capital has buoyed the floor price of our tokens and allowed us an opportunity to imagine beyond Web3 into the existing infrastructure and creating a seamless metaverse. But in this moment, we kind of have a perfect storm of conditions. We have reached the ceiling of fun and utility that we can coordinate around public financial assets. And so DAOs are struggling to govern in a non-plutocratic way and games are learning to be more than Ponzi's. From a regulatory perspective, we have pressure from GDPR, CCPA, laws that govern the way that people can own, control, and use data that are putting pressure on apps to take less data from their users and empowering users to be more in control. Furthermore, we see a proliferation of new community members, people who are curious about Web3, whose careers lead them further up the stack than just core protocol development. And so now we have designers, product managers, marketers, business development people, um, event producers to curate the layer of Web3 that we can see with our eyes and touch with our hands that sits above our infrastructure and network and protocols so that we might interact. And so the addition of these large Web2 brands, the market dynamics that we have, the regulatory pressure invites us to ask, what other kinds of use cases can we use crypto for other than to move money you know, in, in ways that we are already familiar with? 
We were talking earlier today, you know, in the show about the incredible donations that we're seeing flooding in um, pertaining to, you know, some, some recent natural disasters. And this makes me think, you know, with credentials, with identity around our wallets, the ability to associate KYC credentials, proof of sanctions compliance, proof of residency, we can, for example, create tokens or wrap ETH that can only be received by wallets that have certain kinds of credentials. We can create rules around who is able to issue and manage certain kinds of reputation, and we can unlock logic and smart contracts, whether for NFT mints or DeFi pools, based on your reputation, not just your token holdings. You know, Evan, I was reading a little bit about um, something called the Soulbound tokens from Vitalik. Is this like something similar? Because I know it's, I'm not too deep into Soulbound tokens, but I've read that it's basically an NFT that's non-transferable and it's built around the credibility. How is that different from, um, you know, something that's working in Disco right now? So years ago, this idea of an NFT whose transfer function was modified, so it became harder to send it away from your wallet, was introduced and it was deemed to be by you know, many in the security community to be a suboptimal idea for data that describes human beings. So when you receive an NFT in your wallet, when an NFT token ID gets mapped to your public key, I as an onlooker can't tell if that token was wanted or unwanted. Was it stolen? Was it airdropped? Was it gifted? Was it earned? Did you pay for it on the side? We have no context because that token is not necessarily written about you um, in a way that you consent to. It has been sent to you by someone else and you simply have to deal with the fact that it's associated with your public address and everyone can see whether you like it or not. Now, if a token that has a modified transfer function allows you to burn that token so you can't actually get rid of it, just not send it to others, then we create an instance where someone could send you a whole lot of these tokens that you didn't want. And the only way to get rid of them is to spend a bunch of gas money to empty those tokens out of your wallet. If I send you, let's say, a million of these unwanted tokens and you don't even have enough money to transfer them away, you might have to transfer the assets that you care about into a clean new wallet to get away from those tokens. And then you would have to abandon your on-chain transaction history. Furthermore, if I send you a non-transferable NFT that has offensive content in it and you're not able to get rid of it, you have to entrust the front ends of NFT apps to hide that for you. But it still lives on the chain, still lives associated with your public key, um, you know, for all to see everyone on Earth and in space with an Internet connection for all time. Furthermore, if I issue you a, a, a soul, sort of so-called soulbound or non-transferable token that has data written about you inside of it, Let's say you have a diploma from Bennett College in the United States. Bennett College is a historically black university for women. And so that I would know that the person sitting behind those keys is a black woman. That introduces all kinds of bias that we know to be true in our Web2 space. And so I wonder why it is that we think introducing more data that can introduce that can invite bias would be helpful rather than hurtful. Mm. Further, it's uh, you know poor operational security to concentrate tokens that are non-transferable around keys that you can't rotate. So we've got a whole lot of other reasons. You know, soulbound tokens are bound to a single chain. That means it's really hard to use them with other chains or in Web2, depending on yeah. the setup. So all kinds so of different it, challenges there. Okay. All right. It smells a bit like uh, interoperability. Um, okay. So um, I love how you got your fingers on the pulse on all this. And I like it. It's a very big picture that you're building and there's an area that you've grasped. Um, uh, I'm enjoying this conversation a lot, but clearly I have to bring back Nico in because I know he's got a couple of other stories to cover as well in the trending, uh, crypto trending topics. Nico? 
Yes, thank you, Elaine. And <clears throat> thank you, Evan. Been absolutely vibing on your uh, conversation this far. Just absolutely fascinating. And um, to add to the good feelings, um, I got some good news for us once, uh, for us DGENs. CoinSlam uh, shows that two digital collectibles sold for $1 million each this week, a Bored Ape and a CryptoPunk. It's a continuation of a trend we saw in January. And let me just read this so I get it exactly right. Indeed, according to data from DAP Radar cited by Forbes, there were 9.2 million transactions last month. That's a 37% increase from December and the highest count in six months. Trading volume hit nearly $950 million, up 38% from December, and the highest since the $1 billion peak in June. And they say NFTs are dead, Elaine. That's bullish, Nico. I can tell you that I am part of the 37% increase. I think in December, you're spending all your Christmas money and gone a bit cray-cray. I have contributed to the trending bracelets uh, coming out from Artlux, and I think I bought pictures of feet. Take that. Evan, what have you been spending your pennies and your dollars on? <laughs> you know, recently I was really excited to join the, uh, the Altered State Machine ecosystem and buy my very first Fluff NFT. Um, so, you know, I know those folks are also big enthusiasts of verifiable credentials, off-chain data, and reputation. So not only am I the proud owner of a beautiful bunny NFT, but I'm also really excited about the underlying infrastructure of that community as well. I love that. And it's, well, I'm definitely going to take a look at that, Bunnies. And I love that you're supporting projects that speak aligned with your beliefs and values, which is really, really cool. Hey, everyone. We're going to take another quick break and hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back to the Real Vision Crypto Daily Briefing. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Absolutely. Elaine, you want me to give you another one or um, should we should yes. that one for later? Come on, Evan, let, let's take on crypto trending topics. Let's go. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> All righty. Well, this one actually Elaine flagged, and uh, I was really excited to see this because it brought me back to my middle school years. Um, everyone here remember Nokia, you know, that once dominant mobile phone company behind the indestructible Nokia. You know, we could switch out the face plates, you know, I had to press it a bunch of times to get the letter C, played snake on it all the time. Well, those glory days are long over, but the company has tried to reinvent itself. Apparently, its focus now lies with tech and equipment for delivering internet, and the metaverse obviously plays a big role in that. Elaine, I know you have some further information on it. Want to uh, enlighten us? Yeah, so I saw this story trending on my Twitter timeline and I was like, hmm, who's holding the Bath and Beyond meme stuff? Who's still like, you know, bag holding the GME? Look, Nokia <laughs> went through a little phase last year. I think it got on the bandwagon of meme stocks. But what's interesting is who the hell in 2023 owns a Nokia phone? But I think this is a company that has a lot of rights to technological patents, okay? So 
I've picked up the story and I read through it and it says the chief technical officer of Nokia Oceana. I say, by the way, I say Nokia. I think our friends in America says Nokia. Um, to be debated, uh, to be debated. But uh, I picked up from Cointelegraph and the company set up two labs last year. And it, it's basically to look specifically at the technologies that underpin the metaverse. So they've been working on projects like the 5G connected microbrewery or using the metaverse to assist airplane technicians at remote airports stimulation okay the dots are starting to connect but earlier this month at the world economic forum in davos nokia's global chief strategy said industrial use of the metaverse will become mainstream much sooner than retail use he thinks that the consumer metaverse won't actually take off till 2030 so that's like seven years away evan i've thrown a lot at you there any thoughts on on this well, I don't think that the future of the consumer metaverse is hanging out inside of someone else's website with an iPad strapped to your face. But I will hey. say that I think that for professional training, this is an incredibly inspiring development. I know that teams like Microsoft for many years have worked on um, helping to train up everyone from um, you know, airplane rip, uh, engine repair folks to medical practitioners to help them better understand contexts that are difficult to replicate or learn new kinds of tools that might otherwise be prohibitively costly or too complex to bring people on site. Um, so when it comes to learning new skills, I'm really excited to have a guide for how to become expert in physical space. Mm, okay, uh, even Evan just picked up and she was like, keep the metaverse open and <laughs> decentralized. Great, great, great. Um, all right, one final story, which I crammed down the throats of my producer to get this mm. story in there. Check this video out. that you're seeing from the famous doge meme is going on sale. It's been auctioned today by Pleaser House and Pleaser Dow. I think Pleaser, how Pleaser Dow, maybe Evan can help me out with that, but they've been doing so much cool stuff of things you can earn um, via NFTs and blockchain. And the winner of this will get an NFT on the couch, which they then can redeem for the actual physical couch not sure how that's gonna smell definitely won't be brand new but the proceeds will go to save the children charity I think that the Pleaser Squad has done a really outstanding job of showing what bringing capital together and identifying relevant historical objects can mean for our community, you know, in a symbolic and philosophical and fun way. So, you know, Pleaser is also very well known for acquiring the one of one Wu-Tang Clan album, um, you know, brought from the, uh, the clutches of fir first Martin Shkreli, then the U.S. Department of Justice. Um, they also tokenized uh, and um, decentrally distributed ownership of that original Doge meme as well. So it's been really cool to see how they're uniting fun, collaborative experiences, relevant internet history, and community all together. Yeah, and always the sickest content as well coming out for whatever their projects drops. Nico, any thoughts? 
I mean, it just goes to show you the power of memes, which is something we've been talking a lot about here internally at Real Vision. And uh, it is remarkable to me that a meme is now not only an NFT, but a physical couch. I guess that's just the world we live in, um, for better or worse. Yeah, meme, meme is your internet currency. Meme is here to stay for the culture. Seize the memes of production. All right, Evan, <laughs> I just want to say, um, how I just want to touch on a little bit. How does one uh, become a disco nought? Because um, I think you, like I said, it's in the beta mode at the moment. So very quickly, how do, how do people start learning about disco nought at the moment? Absolutely. If you would like to come join the disco and use your Ethereum compatible keys to own and control some private data that you can carry around with you, you can visit us at disco.xyz and share with us your metaverse dreams. You can follow us at disco.xyz on Twitter and our pinned tweet will have that invitation for your VIP data backpack so you can join the dance floor. And you can always find me on Twitter at Proven Authority. Drop me a line anytime. Love it. I do wonder if I can personalize these data backpacks there, Evan. Oh my gosh. Well, just you wait. Currently, the Disco Swag Store, swag.disco.xyz, allows you to take your data backpack full of off-chain reputational data, and you can go shopping with your reputation. So you can buy this hat, you can get some sweet physical backpacks soon, and a whole bunch more. So personalizing that backpack is up to you and your creativity. Shopping with my reputation sounds like my boyfriend's worst nightmare. <laughs> love it. Um, okay, and then um, what are the projects? But before you go, before you go, because I, I just love picking your brain about you know everything Web three and metaverse. What other projects are you most excited about too? Um, there are two that I want to highlight that I think are uniquely well me. positioned to lead us into the future of Web three, and those are Boys Club and Shifi. Boys Club is a global community of women and non-binary people in Web3, from experienced CTOs to noobs who are getting their very first keys, and they hold um, events and have educational content and incredible vibes in their Discord channel. So check out boysclub.vip if you're interested in joining the boys. Um, I also want to highlight SheFi. SheFi is an incredible DeFi educational initiative led by my friend and former colleague Maggie Love. Um, and I think it is the biggest welcome map that decentralized finance could hope to create because it provides not only education, but also community, job opportunities, training content, and more. Yeah, you just picked my brain. I think I definitely own a Boys Club NFT. I think I own a Zaddy ring thing as well. Maybe. I need to check the wallets. Um, and Shifi, definitely heard of that. And kudos to any woman working in the blockchain industry right now as a leader i think that's very important um okay cool i think we have some viewer questions um evan uh nico have you got some viewer questions for us today yeah we got some questions uh, and we'll get to those in just a moment but first for those watching on the real vision website thank you if you haven't signed up there yet check it out at realvision.com that's the best way to access real vision crypto content our pro crypto members can also enjoy videos like the newly released technical trader episode with peter pinkasov curious how to trade bitcoin ether solana or xrp check it out at realvision.com and if you're watching on youtube please like and subscribe and don't forget to hit that notification bell okay on to our viewer questions all right evan uh ralph h on the rv website wants to know how does gdpr affected disco 
That is a great question, Ralph. GDPR is a great wingman for Disco. Um, so the, uh, I believe it's the General Data Protection Resolution GDPR law in the EU states that any citizen of the European Union can talk to an app or service and ask, what data of mine do you have? How are you using it? And can you please delete that for me? And so this cost and complexity for you know, businesses that were built only as a one-way data shoot, it's really hard for them to figure out what data of yours they have, whether it's been mixed with other people's data and how it's been used traditionally. And so with Disco, where individuals own, control, and carry their data from place to place and take it with them when they leave, apps have a, a lesser amount of compliance that they would need to worry about. If they're not hanging onto your data, they don't need to keep track of it. If you're taking it away from the app when you leave, they don't need to manage it. They don't need to insure it. They don't need to protect it. They don't need to rent somewhere for it to go sleep at night on a server. And so they're able to solve to save quite a lot of cost and complexity. Really well said, absolutely. And um, I, I, I love that question from Rao. Rao has such a visionary hive mind. He does. And speaking of visionaries, we also have a comment here from our very own Jeremy Varlow. You're going to love this, Elaine. Uh, Jeremy, just so you're aware, Evan is a fellow DJ and Web3 enthusiast, and he writes, maybe I can buy the couch to sit on and wear a blanket I bought at Bed Bath & Beyond while I play video games I bought at GameStop. Elaine's reaction, I think, is all of our reactions at Real Vision. Um, Jeremy he just is obviously... You know what? He just vomited everything that we spoke about in the past year in, in, in one comment. Well done, you, Jeremy. I know you have FOMO for not being on this show. <laughs> yes, we, we miss you, Jeremy, but we'll have you back on soon. Um, Alrighty, well, it's that fun time of the show where uh, we get those horns of blaring and the spotlight swinging because it's time for key takeaways. Evan, uh, what are the key takeaways you want to leave our audience with today? That the metaverse is more than hanging out inside of a website. Your ability to own and control all that is you should be extended in the same way to the rest of you that it is to your tokens. So self-custody is for your whole self, not just your money, because you are more than the contents of your wallet. Here, here. I love that. Elaine, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I think great conversation with Evan. I think any chance to protect my digital identity is something I'm definitely worth, um, you know, dipping my toes into learning so much more about, especially in, you know, as Web3 is building out and I am in favor of. I just think credibility and integrity is so important in the space of crypto. You know, someone like me who's moved to the States from the UK, I'm just still waiting for my bank to give me a credit rating and it's going to take forever. You know, I want my digital footprint to follow me in sort of terms that it can grow at the same time as the same sort of new internet as it builds, right? And I think that's what Disco is offering. So I would say put me on the dance floor because I'd love to try it out once it's out of beta mode. Oh, very well said. Well, thank you so much, Elaine, and thank you, Evan. Evan, we'll have to get you back on in the near future to update us on Disco and just talk all things Web3. That sounds marvelous. I'm free that day. Thanks so much for having me, guys, and I'll see you in the metaverse. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you, everybody, for watching on YouTube. Like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. That way, you'll always stay up to date with the latest crypto news and analysis. If you're not a Real Vision crypto subscriber yet, don't forget, it's free. Head to realvision.com forward slash crypto. That's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with a very special episode focused all on the BlockFi bankruptcy proceedings. You asked for it, and we delivered. We'll see you then at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. 
Eastern, 5 p.m. London time, live on Real Vision Crypto Daily Briefing. Oh, <laughs>